Ah, uh, this is the Sports Report, wherever you may be or however you may be listening, broadcasting live in San Luis Obispo on KCPR 91.3 FM. I am your host, Matt Kreiser. So much to get to. I'm still sick. Cousin Berg is back. And we pretty much have no show prep time again, so it's the same old thing. It's brutal. We're in the middle of midterms. I'm driving back and forth from Southern California for water polo tournaments, job interviews. I had that job interview at 3 a.m. earlier, Cousinberg, last week. Had that one, took care of that. And now I'm on to another one this Friday back in Orange County, and then I've got another weekend of water polo. It's midterm season. We're in week six here in San Luis Obispo. So we've got no Cal Poly guests for you, no Cal Poly sports. It's just me and Cousinberg, and that's what you're going to get. Cousinberg, thanks for stopping by, as always. Thanks for having me. And I think the underrated part of you uh, having to drive up and down from Southern California is that we got to have a nice dinner together on a Friday night. Yeah, we were supposed to go to some like barbecue place and just watch basketball. But what they have on, they had hockey? Yeah, they had hockey. When it was, we were going to watch the Warrior game. The Warriors were on, and then St. Mary's was playing Gonzaga. Yeah, they were, they were playing. It was, it was Durant's return to Oklahoma City. But by the time yeah. we got there, what, they were, already, were the Warriors already up by 15? Yeah, it was. We uh, it was rough. It so hurt. then we but just we ended leave. Up getting a nice Italian in. Yeah, we'd never even you'd never even been to this place and ends up being all fancy. We pull out like a what was that like a thirty dollar bottle of wine? Boom, double your yes. meal price. <laughs> nice bottle of Chianti, but we capped that off with a good time at uh, the other place. We got some cheap beer there. So Watch a little good. UFC, then you're good to go. Yeah, make up yeah, make up for one. all that expensive stuff. Exactly. So, so Cousin Berg makes a prediction every year on this show. Last year, it was that the Warriors were going to go 74-8. and eight. I don't think anyone thought, besides Cousin Berg, that they were going to do that well. They ended up going 73-9. and nine. And now Cousin Berg, he had a bold prediction this year. It was the Celtics were going to win the title. And here come those Celtics, Cousin Berg. Well, okay, I wanna, I, I'm going to clarify that a little bit. I said they would win the Eastern Conference. Oh, you so, did? Oh, so yeah. things are looking even better for you. Yeah, I still think the Warriors are going to win, but I think the Celtics have, have the best chance to win the Eastern Conference out of anyone, not the Cavs. Obviously, the Cavs are the heavy favorites, but uh, I definitely like the Celtics. And, and there's been some, with Kevin Love being out right now, the Celtics now potentially are going to end up with the one seed in the East coming into the one seed with the uh, home court advantage, and then now maybe if they still make that trade that I'm waiting on them to do with all those assets they have, that they're, they're in really good position now to come out come out of the Eastern Conference. What's that trade you want to see, and when's the tra- trade deadline uh, happening? I think the trade deadline's a week from today. Okay. Um, but I... I don't know. They need another. They need another score because Isaiah Thomas in the playoffs. They're just going to double team him or put more guys on him, put bigger defenders on him, and try to mess with him. He's what he's doing in the fourth quarter is unbelievable. I've, I've never seen anyone do this before. Where he he could honestly just dominate games. Yeah, he's averaging ten point seven points per game in the fourth quarter. It's crazy. And and it's it should be even higher than that. I think over the past six weeks it's been even crazier than that. Mm-hmm. He's he's been out of his mind. He's been playing unbelievable. I don't know. I don't know what that. So I think that secondary score would be good. I think. Either that, or they need rebounding help. They they they're 29th in the league in defensive rebounding, but really should be 30th. I don't even know who's behind them now, but they just moved up a spot to 29th. And the last thing they need is what they lost in Evan Turner is, is a, a consistent bench score, someone coming off the bench that can get them a bucket in that second unit. They have a talented second unit. They have a lot of interchangeable pieces, but they don't have someone out there that can go and just get them a bucket. And so I think that's uh, 
that's what they're looking for. I don't know. There's not really one player that can do all those things, but, you know, maybe they get someone like Carmelo. Maybe they get someone, you know, to, to get some rebounds for them, and, and that's how they're going to end up doing that. But currently they match up better than anybody else against the Cavs. They uh, have the right pieces to throw out LeBron and Kyrie and give them a hard time, and that's kind of what you need to do in the recipe to beat the Cavs. But, Cousinberg, listen, I was talking to you earlier in the weekend. I'm a, I grew up in Sacramento, so I'm a Kings fan, and I said, you put Isaiah Thomas on the Kings. We never trade him. We still have DeMarcus. And you said the Kings would still be fighting for that eighth spot. So that does that makes no sense to me. Wouldn't the Kings be, like, fifth in the West if they had Isaiah Thomas? Or is it just Brad Stevens? This isn't—I'm confused now. Well, I think it's, it's two things. The first part is the West, the top seven teams are really deep. They're, they're eight games better than everybody else in the Western Conference. And they, uh, they just have that advantage to where it would be tough to kind of surpass some of them and get in that five seed. I mean, you look at it, the Clippers are the five seed right now. So it's not like the, there's bad teams in the five seed. But the thing is, the biggest, more important part of that is it's not Brad Stevens. I think it's the craziness that is the Sacramento Kings organization. I think they've had turmoil both in the front office and the ownership and the coaching ah. the team. And I think that's what Brad Stevens gave his stability. That whole organization, Danny Ainge, up to the owners, is, is very stable in the Celtics, and that's what the Kings are lacking. I don't want to hear that. That's not what I wanted to hear, Cousinberg. You can't you can't tell me something that I want to hear. Uh, no. I can tell you maybe they might trade. They should trade Demarcus Cousins and get a bunch of picks for him. That would be cool. That is the again. That is not what I want to hear. <laughs> that's like well, why? If the Celtics gave you, they're not Brooklyn the Cleveland picks. Browns, Berg. They're not just going to keep trading away for more picks and being terrible. We have to get out of dysfunction. We have to make the playoffs. I don't care if it's the eight seed. We need to just lose four zero to the Warriors. We need to do something. Wouldn't yeah, that just be following I, I, the Cleveland Browns and trading away for more picks? You'll just have no talent yeah, left. You'll be like the Sixers, Sixers who finally get Joel Embiid when he's not hurt. And now he's hurt again towards meniscus, but. Um... No, I mean that, but that Sixers team looks good, and they got they're gonna get another potentially two top five picks again this year. Oh, they already have a great my. team with Ben Simmons, who's gonna come back. I mean that's that's the formula, that's what it is. And if you could trust the process and do what needs to be done and have a solid infrastructure, I mean the thing that gets underrated in that, and especially with the difference between the Sixers and the Browns, or so, even the Kings, so did the are the Cleveland Browns trusting the process right now? Well, okay, there's two parts to that. Well, the first thing I was gonna say is the Sixers have kept their coach the entire time. Brett Brown has been the coach. The entire time. And so he's stayed with them. They've had continuity. They've had all these things. And Brett Brown coaches hard. But the bigger thing is, talking about the Browns, are they trusting the system? I think they are. They hired a guy last year in Deep Podesta, which for any of you guys that have seen Moneyball, he's a guy that's played by uh, Jonah Hill. Okay. Billy, the baseball guy's Billy Bean's like, assistant is Deep Podesta, and he's now the general manager or head of operation or player operations or whatever that position is for the Cleveland Browns. So I think that's they are kind of going into that system. They re-signed Jamie Collins. They're gonna have they're gonna have two top twelve picks again this year. They're number one and the number twelve. You can trade that number twelve, get Jimmy Garoppolo. All of a sudden, now you're getting the outlines of a team. You got a couple of good wide receivers. Maybe you need a running back, and you need a lot of help on the defensive end. But that's it's can round into a competent team really quickly if you have. They also have like seventy five picks in the later rounds, so I'm pretty sure they control the entire back half of the draft. So 
I mean, that, that's the formula, and especially in the NFL with the way the contract scale is and how rookies are so much more valuable. That's what you need to do. Yeah, you see that, you see that when a team finally gets to that championship level, you see everyone want more money, and then it's over because you don't have those cheap young players. Like, for instance, the Seahawks. That's a team that mm-hmm. I look at. They had so much, so many inexpensive elite players on their defense and in their on their offense, whether it be that offensive line. And now it's like, yeah, they have a cheap offensive line. Yeah, they have. A, they're trying to be cheap in different places, but they just can't. They can't get away with it without losing those defensive stars, without paying them more money. So, that is one thing that's impressive about the Patriots is that they don't fall victim to things that other franchises do, where. Once they have some success, they have to pay a bunch of players, and then they lose guys, and they can't keep it, whereas the Patriots have been able to maintain that dynasty. Yeah, you can absolutely. See it, yeah. You ahead. can see it with Go the ahead. Broncos, who sold out with the defense, and then Peyton Manning leaves. They have that one good year, and it's like, well, that defense is really expensive. Yeah, it, it, that's where it gets hard. And what the Patriots do a good job of is that they uh, they get the players that weren't productive somewhere else and get them into a more defined role and allow them to be productive. And they've done that over and over and over consistently, and that's what makes them so special. What about, okay, I want to go back to the NBA, New York Knicks. I don't mm-hmm. even get what's happening. There seems like so many dots that are interconnected. Apparently, Carmelo is replacing Kevin Love in the All-Star game, but people are calling for... Kevin Love to be traded for Carmelo. Can you just explain all this to me? The the drama with the Knicks. Why are the Knicks constantly in the headlines? I I don't even know. You had a big rant about it last week, but I'm still confused. Well, the simplest part of that is the uh, the franchise uh, uh, valuations came out today. Yeah, I saw the Knicks that. Are still the highest three point three billion. Three billion. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's that, that is exactly why they're always in the headlines. Is if this is happening to your Sacramento Kings, which it always is happening to your Kings, <laughs> doesn't matter. No one bats an eyelash. But the thing is, when the franchise worth three point three billion dollars, everyone takes notice. And they're in New York. They're in a big market. Everyone wants them to be good. And hey, when the when the Knicks are good, when Madison Square Garden is pumping, that's there's no place like that in in, in the world for a sporting event. So when they, insanity, when those, right? Those, I was just gonna say those three weeks when insanity was happening. It was the most electric environment to be in possible. I miss Jeremy Lin. He's still playing. I know, but it's not Lin Sanity. Wasn't that so fun? What were we in, like, eighth yeah. grade? That was or five were we in high? Ago, I don't even know. Were we in high school? That was five years ago. Did I know you? Yeah, okay, I think I knew you then. It was 2012. It was senior year. Oh, okay. Good. Junior year. It was junior year. Okay, we knew each other. Okay. Yeah, we were friends. Okay. Actually, wait. Thinking about that. Today I got a, a memory on Facebook, and it was you posting on my wall Super Nintendo. Let's go. Yeah, so we knew each other, and it was five years ago. Today you posted that on my wall five years ago. You, you should have shared it. I'm I'm already offended. I'm uh, outraged. All right, I'm going to go share it right now. Okay, good. I hope you can multitask. I could not do that. I can. I'm just trying not to I cough. I still, I'm still sick. My dad has this Weirdly, theory. I am too. Yeah, I went home. My dad has this weird theory that like if you get the flu, but it's not the throwing up flu— Apparently, you're, like, susceptible to getting pneumonia after. My mom called it, said it was ridiculous, but I, I went and stayed at my parents' house this weekend when I was working. I don't even know. Cousinberg, did you hear I'm... my story about refing this weekend? Uh, While you're I trying to post this Facebook thing? No, no, tell me. Tell me. Okay, so I'm watching. So I'm at Woolet Aquatic Center. It's this big aquatic center. They've had, like, Olympic international events there for water polo and swimming. It's in Irvine. And I, I'm refing 10 and unders, okay? 
So they have really small pools, but then there's big pools. And at the other pool is Platinum Division, U19. And I'm watching Puerto Rico versus Stanford. I have a game break. It was two games on, one game off. I'm watching Puerto Rico versus Stanford. Stanford's winning this game. I walk back, and it's just chaos at the 10s pool with the other two refs I'd been splitting off with. It's tie game. There's like 40 seconds left. I'm like, oh, gosh. People are screaming. I'm like, what's happening? So I go down. I sit down at the desk where the clock the clock person is and the person who resets the shot clock and all this stuff, and I'm just watching. Game starts. Then it's San Clemente versus Irvine. And San Clemente, this is 10 U's. This is co-ed. And San Clemente wants to t- call a timeout. Timeout, excuse me. I'm getting way too excited. Wants to t- call a timeout. And the old guy who's refing can't hear. So it's like three seconds. It's There's like 40 seconds left. And there's it goes down to like 37. But the person who's managing the clock stops anyways. But the guy thinks he's losing time on the clock that's not going to get given back to him. Throws his pen as hard as he can at the ref. It bounces <laughs> off the ref and, like, hits a woman. And I'm like, you have to give this guy a red card. You have to give this coach a red card. Please give him a red card. And the two refs are like, the old guy's like, oh, I didn't even notice it. <laughs> and the, the young guy's like, gives, he gives him a yellow. I'm like, guys, if there is one time to give a coach a red card, it is when he hits you with a pen. He threw it like a baseball as hard as he could across the pool. And you'd be amazed how ridiculous these ten and unders are. There was, they had to put up caution tape around the pool deck <laughs> to keep the parents back, to keep them back from getting too close to us while we're trying to officiate. Like everyone needs to calm down at ten and unders. It's not ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. So it gets worse. So I didn't ref the final either, but I left my sunglasses at the pool, so I had to come back. I come back. And it's San Clemente, the coach who should have gotten a red card, so he should have been out for the tournament, and uh, C-Mac, Costa Mesa. And the the Costa Mesa coach gets a red card for mouthing off. He doesn't have an assistant coach. Boom, forfeit. Costa Mesa loses the game. Against San Clemente, the coach who should have been suspended for throwing a pen. It's 10 and unders, and there's controversy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I wonder. What, I hope I'm not on ten and unders this week. Because well, maybe because if you it's get six, evaluated better. I got evaluated great, Cousinberg. Thank you. Yeah, a guy Stop secretly evaluated me. When you call people out. Yeah, I guess I have this habit when I exclude uh, players, which is basically like a power play in hockey. Someone's out for twenty seconds, though it's really short. Um, Apparently, I look down right after I give an exclusion, which is bad because I might miss something. I don't know. I don't think I do it. You're looking down anyways because it's a pool, but apparently <laughs> that's my knock on me. I had the head ref secretly evaluate me at like 8.50 in the morning on Saturday. Gosh. So my thing well, is, uh, can't you throw a pen if it's like 16s or it's U19 Platinum? <laughs> like if it's Puerto Rico versus Stanford and Puerto Rico U19 national team chucks his pen... Isn't that like more understandable? It's I, I guess that's more understandable, but like, isn't it ridiculous in tens? Or would you just be out there and you'd just be so passionate if you're a tens coach? Oh, I'd be so passionate if I was a tens coach. The thing is, there's an oversupply of coaches because this guy who was coaching tens, he's like middle aged. He played at USC, which is like 
all the time, number one in the country, top three program, wins national championships all the time. And there's an oversupply of coaches. This guy's the 14-use coach for San Clemente Club, and he's this weekend coaching tens. Like, that's just not, like, if you're that successful as a player and you're middle-aged and you're stuck with the tens, like, I think there's an oversupply of good players who want to coach. Can, can I be honest with you? Yeah, be honest. I think listeners care less about this than they did about my Knicks rant last week. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> but I hurt your feelings last week, so it's okay. Yeah, let's talk about uh, what you want to talk about, Carmelo Anthony. Well, did you post Kevin on Love. Facebook? Then we can talk. I, I tagged you. And I don't know how to do that. I'm not a big social media okay, user. Okay, you tagged you me in the, in the memory. Okay, yeah. okay, you did something. Okay, but yeah, the Knicks. Yeah, I'll stop well, talking. Start just, start, with... just start saying something. Carmelo Anthony replacing Kevin Love in the uh, All-Star game. So I know you're not a big fan of that, but as I'm watching... Well, I'm Nick fine with it. Don't put words in my mouth. You said that you were confused because everyone says he's like not done well, and so why is he going to be in the All-Star game? But anyways, watching this Knicks Thunder game right now, mouth. the first quarter just ended, and Carmelo Anthony had 19 points on 7 of 8 shooting. So he wants to be traded so, to the Cavs. And 4 of 4 shooting. So... Trade to the Cavs? No, I think he should be traded to the Celtics. Why? Why? How about just trade for Serge Ibaka? He already got traded to the Raptors. Would you like that? <laughs> no. Do I like that trade? Yeah, I don't know how the uh, Raptors pulled that trade off. That's literally a heist. That is unbelievable. That's a. It should have been vetoed by Adam That's Silver. Cool. It's like uh, Chris. It's like uh, when the Lakers vetoed Chris Paul. Well, okay, people, okay, I'm going to say this as a Laker fan and somebody that I'm still bitter that the Lakers didn't get Chris Paul. The league owned the, the Hornets at that time. So they were well within their rights to veto a trade for a team that they owned. The fact that they owned a team, that kind of makes things a little weird, but it's a trade that they a have little. full right to do. But I think uh, I think it's ridiculous that Orlando only got Terrence Ross and the worst of Toronto's first two picks. Terrence Ross is a perfectly good swingman player, but Sergi Baca could have gone for a lot more. And the problem is that the Magic have a lot of those kind of in-between guys in Hazonia, Evan Fournier, even they have old guys, Jody Meeks. They got a lot of players that can fill that role, and they do not need Terrence Ross in that position. But I don't know. They also had too many big guys, so maybe they just couldn't get much else, and the market was thinner than we expected. Okay. Is, is, is everything with Charles Oakley okay, the former Nick player? Are we good? James Dolan? Is is everything smoothed over? I'm still worried about um, the Knicks. Not totally. They're still kind of weird, but the even weirder part about all of that is that Latrell Sprewell was now honored <laughs> coming back. Now, do you know the story of Latrell Sprewell and Dolan? The only thing I know about Latrell Sprewell is that I had this my one of my favorite basketball cards was a Lego Latrell Sprewell. Why? I, the Lego ones are cool. I don't know. You only get like four of them. <laughs> I had like a Vince Carter. Okay, go on. I'm t I'm weird. Okay. I'm a weird person. No, it's fine. Latrell Sprewell uh, came in and it was on December 1st, 1997. Wait, no, that's wrong. Wait, I think about. I that's might know about this. That's when he choked out uh, PJ Carlissimo. Okay, well, film. yeah, who cares about chokeouts? We'll, we'll move on yeah, from that. that. Better story. We've got a better one. But he got traded out of New York, and he was on the Knicks. He got traded out of there. 
and then came back and was making choking gestures to James Dolan when he was sitting on the sideline. Oh, no. And literally everyone in the crowd, this is what I heard a Knicks fan was describing, everyone in the crowd was on Latrell Sprewell's side and was like, we hate Dolan. Like, <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. And we're just going off on Dolan. That's also. funny. So, does this have anything to do with... So weird that, does this have anything to do with Marcus Camby, like, accidentally pu- punching Jeff Van Gundy? No. Can you tell that story, though? I don't even know. That was funny. I love Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> I mean, there was just a fight on the court, and he missed, and he hit Van Gundy. He I he love Jeff Van Gundy. Don't you love Jeff Van Gundy? <laughs> He's good at what he does. Isn't he so funny? Yeah, can we can we play while well, I can talk a little bit, but can we play a game of like or dislike? Sure. Do you have tweets? the likes and the dislikes, or am I supposed to come up with them? <laughs> I think you're supposed to come up. with Oh them. gosh. Okay. <laughs> Say something then. Um, no, no. Well, talk, talk about, about. Okay, talk about Mayweather McGregor, or am I oh. just too all over the place? Do I need to stay put? Can we yeah, should we'll, we stay put we'll on the NBA? Let's... Okay. Let's ease into that. Let's ease into that. Okay, we'll see. We can ease in, we can transition into that once we talk about our MMA uh, exposure on Saturday night. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the last thing on the NBA maybe that we can talk about is what you were saying is the Kevin Love for Carmelo, all the rumors about that. Yes. Uh, I think that that would be an awful move on the part of the Cavs if they did that. But can LeBron he, handle it? Isn't Carmelo going to play like he's on the Olympic team? Like he's going to be all mature now? He's going to be focused? He, wants yeah, but he his still title. doesn't play defense. Why is like there's no scenario where he's an upgrade necessarily over Kevin Love. Kevin Love has learned his role in the offense. He doesn't need the ball. He's a, he is a spot up shooter. He can do all these That's things. That's a good like, point. Carmelo is a better shooter. But you already Carmelo's have Kyrie. His entire life with the ball. Yeah. And you have Kyrie. Yeah, he's gonna be your third best option at most. And it's like so now your your final your closing roster or lineup is gonna be like Kyrie, Kyle Korver, LeBron, Carmelo, and Tristan Thompson, which is like good but you got two guys on there that can't defend Kyle Korver's a uh underrated defender but he's still not a great defender he's good he's better than a lot of people think but it, it's just unnecessary that lineup and I don't think it would make sense and I think I think the Knicks at the same point can get a, a different package of assets I don't think Kevin Love is the right package to have on that team either okay I have my first like or dislike okay it's really soft okay are you ready I'm ready. Okay, I'm looking at the ESPN power rankings, and they have the Washington Wizards at five in the power rankings. Like or dislike? Yeah, like they're 27 and six since December, like 14th when they started off the season two and nine. They're now the four Good seed in the, in the East. Or no, they're the three seed. I think they're ahead of Toronto right now. They're they're the real deal. Otto Porter shooting like Cal Corver right now. He's yep three like seed, third in the league in shooting. John Wall's an All Star. Uh, Bradley Beal probably should have been the one to replace Kevin Love. He's been playing out of his mind. And the thing with Bradley Beal is he's probably been playing as well as he's played his entire career. He's just healthy for the first time in his life. Markeith Morris has played well. Problem is they have absolutely no depth. Kelly Oubre has been a revelation. He was a high draft pick two years ago. But he's played played really well. He's got everything you'd want from kind of a 3 and D guy. He's improved his shot. Long, athletic, coming out of Kansas. So, I mean, they they are good. They're very good. They're a very good four seed in that league, especially in the East that doesn't have a ton of depth. But they – I, I'm okay with him at fifth because that's not a. It's not a. How good is the team? Those power rankings. It's how good have they been playing lately, and they're they're deserving of that fifth seed. Fair enough. I got another like or dislike for you. Okay. Draymond Green said New York Knicks owner James Dolan operates with a slave master mentality by taking issue with Charles Oakley's criticisms after the organization benefited from his contributions as a player. 
like or dislike? I'm going to go. So I'm going to take dislike on this. Now, I, as much as anyone that's not a Knicks fan, can hate James Dolan as much as I possibly can. I mean, Please explain. Have a reason to hate more. He's awful. I mean, he's just a curse. It's the problem. All these guys that come in and their dad was the owner of the team and they came in and inherited him. It's the same as Jim Buss. They come in and they've had everything given to them their entire life and they're very entitled and they just don't run things properly. They're doing well because they were born rich. And so it's he's done not done a good job. I think as long as he's there, they're not going to ever win a playoff series. Or they're not ever going to win a title for sure, but I don't even know if they're going to win a playoff series. And you know, I don't. I just don't know what to do. But, but I, I'm going to say dislike on this because what James Dolan does do, which is really weird, is he actually has way too much faith in some of his guys. So Phil Jackson, he came in here. James James Dolan was uh, quoted in an interview saying, like, "Hey, I, I told Phil Jackson I give him full autonomy. I don't know what else can I do. I can't go back on the deal." And it's like, dude, you literally own the team. You can do whatever you want. If you want to go back on the deal, go back on the deal. So. He has a lot of faith and sometimes the wrong people and Phil Phil Jackson, Isaiah Thomas, these guys, but I don't know. I don't know. He uh he's an awful owner. I do know that though. So you're watching the Knicks game right now. Like or dislike, mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony was asked before the game if he expects to be with the Knicks after the trade deadline. He said, I never thought I would be anywhere else. So he doesn't see himself leaving the Knicks. Do you think it's time for him to go and for things to get cleaned up in New York? Like or dislike? Yeah, I think it's time. I mean, I think Phil Jackson has made it clear he doesn't want him there. I think for Carmelo's sake, I think he'd be better off somewhere else. I think, I think I, I keep saying the Celtics, and that's just because I want the Celtics to win the East. But I think the right fit for him is in uh, L.A. at the Clippers. I think the Clippers need to kind of break up that team. That core hasn't done it well mm, lately. Interesting. They, if you trade Blake, how about you just Blake, get rid of Austin Rivers? Austin Rivers has played well. He's a good bench guard. He can score. He's he's actually not bad. He's better than a lot of people think he is. Okay. I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, no, I mean, I... I <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm kidding. Athlete, but he's a good player. Yeah. Okay, I got another... Are we going to keep moving? Let's keep moving. Uh, like or dislike, I'm going to let our best friend, we love to say his name, Mel Kuyper Jr., I'm just going to let him talk, and then you get to like or dislike what he says. All right. So I think for Cleveland, it would get down to, do you want to bring in a Mike Glennon from Tampa? I know John Gruden has a tremendously high opinion of Mike Glennon, liked him coming out of NC State. Remember... Russell Wilson moved on from NC State to Wisconsin because they knew they had Mike Lennon there to step in. I think you look at various options, but Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, for Cleveland is the best. They've already made the deal for Jamie Collins. There's that relationship between New England and Cleveland. Keep in mind, Bill Belichick, where was he fired as a head coach? Cleveland. So I think you look at where they are now, these two organizations, I think that would be a move that would benefit both. You have Jacoby Brissett, who's played some. They drafted him. They have him. Tom Brady's not retiring anytime soon. They say maybe three, four more years for Tom Brady. Who knows? Maybe five. He's going to be 40 in August. But I think with the Cleveland Browns, what they need to do this year is start winning games. If you draft Trubisky or Watson, they need to be developed some. Where Garoppolo is, maybe he's not established to the level of Stephen A and what he wants, but I think from an NFL perspective and a draft perspective, he's ahead of the game coming in this year. Like or dislike our boy Miles Kuyper Jr. Garoppolo to Cleveland. Um... I like it. I think that's the right fit. I think I feel bad for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that's the right <laughs> way to go. I think I could see him there, or uh, I just want to see Bill Simmons explode if the Patriots do Jimmy Garoppolo and the number 32 pick, their first-round draft pick, to the 49ers for the number two overall pick, <laughs> and then watch Bill Belichick trade the number two pick down to seven first-rounders and six fifth rounders or something and just go crazy and all of a sudden end up with 95 picks off of one pick. So, That's so funny. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but 
no, I think I think Cleveland's the right pick. They got two top twelve picks. They got the number one and the number twelve. I think you can go now take Miles Garrett and then have now you have Miles Garrett and Jamie Collins, two guys that can rush the passer and do crazy things. You have Joe Thomas, you have Terrell Pryor, and then the guy who's the guy they got from Baylor last Corey Coleman. Uh so I I don't know. I it's obviously they're still the Browns and they're not doing that, but you know, that they were they were not too bad. They were. They obviously lost a lot of games, but they were semi-competitive in a lot of those games down till the wire. They just clearly fizzled out because they didn't have it in them. But no, I, I like Garoppolo there. That's the right. That's the right fit for him. You mentioned Bill Simmons. Is our friend Bill doing okay? I know it's been a rough year for him, and you're a big fan. Yeah, I mean, the, the Pats just won the Super Bowl. He doesn't care about anything right now. He's happy. So he doesn't care about his professional career. Just let Boston keep winning. Let Isaiah Thomas be next. You know, Tom Brady texted Isaiah Thomas saying, "It's your turn." I, I did not know that. Uh, so I'm watching also on ESPN3. I'm watching Cal Poly versus Cal State Northridge in basketball. Is that, an, is that on for, ESPN3? It is. And okay. I just saw a, a Cal Poly commercial, and I want to know if they're going to show you on there on the radio show. Probably. You know that I'm uh, I'm always displayed on the football. During the football games, <laughs> me and my friends are always displayed. There's a picture of us. They stole off Instagram. I still want compensation. We were at the we were at the Cal Poly UCSB game for sock men's soccer at UCSB, the big blue green rivalry game. Somehow it ended up on one of our friends' Instagrams. I don't know if you remember like two years ago, you could actually save pictures off Instagram like it was uh like it was Facebook. And so uh, I don't yeah. know, somehow they got our photo and it just always is up there for the games. But you mentioned you mentioned ESPN three. Uh an ESPN three tennis announcer is actually getting sued by uh he is suing espn rather for wrongful termination he uh was announcing venus williams second round match uh, we did a whole show here that was just tennis you know i'm a big tennis guy played tennis my whole life so we're going to talk about it uh his name's doug adler he played for usc uh college tennis it's top three program in the country perennially and he has sued ESPN uh, on charge of wrongful termination. He said during the broadcast, quote, you'll see Venus move in and put the gorilla effect on, charging. Now, it's a it's a homophone, Berg corrected me, it's a homophone for between gorilla and gorilla tactics, like being a gorilla warfare or gorilla the gorilla. And Berg pointed this out to me, you can't just say that with a african-american tennis star like venus especially with the things that happened with them early in their career if you've listened to my show you've listened you've heard how much of a big fan i am of serena and venus i have a coach who his coach coached venus and serena when they were kids i have nothing but respect for them i haven't heard any comments from them on this but this just seems to me like this guy he did not mean to say this and boom he's out of espn just like that I dislike it, Bird. You like or dislike? I think I see. I both just wish sides. we didn't live in a society like that where boom, you have to be gone. I see. I I recognize the history. I do. I just think you. I don't think like you said before to me. I'm I'm all about inclusivity. I'm about forgiveness and second chances and all that. So I think he still deserves a second chance. But I don't think that's for him at ESPN. I think ESPN needs to do the right thing. I think you're alienating an entire segment of sports stars and fans and all that. And it's it it I understand like as the point that you've made is that he's talking gorilla G U E and that he made a tennis video about gorilla tactics and how that's the style of play and all of that. 
but it just it it puts a bad taste. And sometimes when you're in the media, when you're doing things like this, sometimes how things look is important. And I realize that not all the time it's about what it, what you're thinking or what it means, but the fact is when you're in the media, you're paid to say things and you need to say the right things. You can't say the wrong things and you have to if it's a bad look, that's a bad thing. I yeah, I just think it's super unfortunate because Peter Bodo, one of my favorite tennis writers, he writes for Tennis Magazine. He's the senior staff writer for ESPN.com for tennis, and he's used the word gorilla many times in his articles. There was a Nike tennis ad called Gorilla Tennis article, between though. Andre. Yeah, between no, there was a tennis ad called Gorilla Tennis between Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras back in the '90s. I do think it is. I just think it's unfortunate that this word that is used to describe a tactic in tennis of aggressive style of play. I've never heard someone match it with a African American player. I've never heard it used with Sloane Stevens or Venus Williams or Serena Williams or Francis TFO, an upcoming junior American guy. That's just a mistake you can't make. But again, it's also a word that's used in the game. I agree. I don't know. I think it's just well, but look, okay. So then we'll see what happens with the lawsuit, time. right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, who do you think is going to win? I, I honestly. I don't know who's going to win this lawsuit. It'll get settled out of court. It won't go to court. So you think ESPN's going to settle and pay him? Yeah. But what does they don't, that they say? They don't want the deal with it. I know. It'll be non-binding arbitration and all this stuff. No one will ever find out what actually happened. He'll sign a non-disclosure. It's what you do. That's what ESPN does. It's a smart business move so word doesn't get out. Because then all of a sudden, everyone's coming after you for wrongful termination for saying crazy stuff. Because then does Colin Coward get wrongful termination? For, when he got for what he said team? about uh, Dominican Republic baseball players? Yeah. Does he get a second chance? I mean, he was leaving anyways. He didn't want to be with ESPN. Right, but you see what I'm saying? You're saying, yeah, he'd come for the though. money. You can't set, Yeah, you can't set the precedent. And so the precedent you have to set is we're going to settle this out of court and you're going to have no idea what actually happened. Yeah, I see both this sides. It's just the savage business move to say, yeah, we're going to make sure everyone's happy on Twitter. All the listeners are happy or complaining. We're going to make sure that politically correct press or even even i think it's wrong to, it's absolutely wrong to combine that you need to be more careful we agree on that um but i just think it's kind of a savage business move to get rid of this guy and know that you're going to settle and pay him in court i'm sure those guys who are the executives know yeah we're probably going to end up settling with this guy in court but it's still the profitable move just kind of savage yeah no i but agree that's life let's uh you want to talk about the bets we made and uh UFC? Yeah, so so yeah, we we went one and one in UFC. I never try to bet against Cousin Bird because he's a resident. I understand things. I comprehend very well. Oh, it's more and more com. Yeah, apparently Donald Trump just tried to start talking. He came and blew through our podcast. That was extremely scary. Wasn't that scary? <laughs> that freaked me out. I have no idea where that came from. Back to UFC. <laughs> okay, gosh, I'm totally thrown off now. But uh, yeah, we went one for one. I took one. I took the first one, and then I went with the favorite again. Lost to Cousin Berg. I thought I was going to get that one. I thought uh, Silva really was done. That was his last. That was his last fight. He wasn't going to be able to come up, come out on top. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird fight. But it was, it's always <laughs> fun to have. I mean, five dollars on a game. It's always fun to just kind of see what happens, especially when we go one and one, and it's not even any money. It's just fun to get excited. And in a fight, you really don't care about it. It's nice to get excited and have fun watching it with a buddy. Absolutely, that was a great spot. I appreciate you. Uh... Picking that spot out for us. Yeah, well, the real transition is, do you want to talk about McGregor and Mayweather? Yeah, let's talk. Do you think it's going to happen? I think it is. 
I do too. When, how long do you think it's going to take till it happens? I think it'll be done in the next two months. How about you? When do you, we haven't so even talked you about this. Be, you think uh, it'll be scheduled in the next two months or you think it'll happen in the next? Oh, I think when do you think it'll happen? I think it'll, oh, when the fight will take place? Yeah. Oh, no, no. I think the deal will get made in the next two months. When do you think the fight will take place? Gosh, I don't know anything about fights. I don't know if it's better to do them in the summer. I don't know what's a good month for fighting, good for pay-per-views, good it's free for all the rich people to fly in there, to make enough time to plan to fly in all their private jets to the airport. You know, like they had like 3,000 private jets at the Houston airport for the Super Bowl. They didn't even have enough room to put them all there. Well, that's how it was in Vegas for the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. Yeah, so you got you to gotta give these billionaires time to uh, – reserve a spot on the tarmac to sit their private jet, right? Yeah, I guess. You got to take all yeah, these things into account. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I hope it does happen. I think it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. Now, who are but... you cheering for if it happens? I'm totally on the McGregor side. I'm, I'm with Fox Sports. I'm with McGregor. You know the business interests lined up behind this. You know it's Fox Sports versus ESPN. You know it's UFC versus boxing. You know it's McGregor versus Mayweather. Which side are you lining up on? I would bet my life on Mayweather. No, that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking for your heart, Berg, not your head. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I like to – you know I'm anti-ESPN, so I'm all about that. But I think the fact of the matter is I think – The funny thing about fight. you is you're anti-ESPN, but I think from a political standpoint, you align with ESPN so much. Like, their company values and what they would stand for. Like, they're the first company to come out against the travel ban. They're like Nike. They're not like Under Armour that accidentally says something pro-business that they like that Trump's pro-business, and then they've got all this media backlash. Like, you're more like a Nike ESPN guy in terms of how you manage yourself. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. So then what do you not like about ESPN? doesn't make sense to me. you know Skipper, the old ESPN guy, or who was the poor Skipper? Anyways, the former ESPN CEO is on right. Trump's advisory board. Okay. I don't know. I think I think ESPN is actually a lot more in favor of things that I'm not about, but they just go with what what the general public is and try to not make waves because that's what hmm. you do as a media giant. But I uh, I don't know. I'm I'm anti ESPN. I don't I don't like what they stand for. I don't think they do things the right way. So your so. heart would want McGregor to win. Just for that? If, if I'm going from do I want ESPN or Fox, but I like I like uh, Mayweather. I, I'm a Mayweather guy. I've liked Mayweather for a long time. So your it's heart's hard conflicted. To say, fast, but I can, I can uh, separate that out. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going Fox Sports. I'm going, I'm going with the young crowd. I'm going with the UFC crowd. I'm going with the guys who went all in with UFC. I like that they're guys who speak their mind. Dana White lets it fly. McGregor lets it fly. You've got the guys who just let it fly, and then you've got the tight-lipped businessmen, Mayweather and ESPN, on the other side. You know, ESPN just made a big deal. We talked about it maybe a couple shows ago. ESPN made a big deal to get a bunch of TV rights to boxing. And it's old school versus new school. You know, Fox Sports is attacking ESPN and coming at them and their market share. Cousin Berg, you're killing me with all this noise. Are you getting tea? What are you doing? Are you getting a cup of tea? I didn't think it was that loud. I apologize. No worries. I can't edit that no out, more. though. So that is what no it more is. Noise. No more noise. Okay, okay. So anyways, it's the new media versus the old media. It's the old school versus the new school. The old businessmen versus the new businessmen. It's the guys who let it fly, say what, 
live and let live, and then it's the guys who are careful, Mayweather, and ESPN. I'm going with Fox. All right. I feel you. I, I see it as that seismic reshaping. If if McGregor won, it would reshape sports and I agree. the business of sports. Like, I agree. Think but of how McGregor's going to open up at, at what? Plus 550 to win that? No, he's, he's gonna, gonna he's gonna, gonna lose. But like you know how you know how um, Under Armour's made so much more money off of Steph than they could have ever imagined. Would you yeah. say that if McGregor wins, it would like I don't know. I'd almost throw like a billion dollar boost to Fox Sports if McGregor won. Fair. I mean I that sounds insane, but if you think about it, it's a big deal. Yeah. No, I I agree, and I think the boxing the old stodgy ba- boxing fans will kind of consider moving over to UFC. That'll, it'll earn that respect but for a UFC fighter, for sure. Okay. I don't think it'll happen, but I think it could. Okay, we're going we're gonna to wrap up with a couple more political things because we have nothing else to talk about because we don't know what we're doing here in these two weeks of midterms and job interviews and craziness that is the United States right now. Um, <laughs> so we talked about Kevin Plank, CEO of Under Armour last week. He has taken out a full-page ad in the Baltimore Sun-Times to apologize for what he said. He said last week to have such a pro-business president is something that is a real asset for our for the country. People can really grab that opportunity. He wants to build things. He wants to make bold decisions and be really decisive. He said that on CNBC, uh, NBC's business TV station where they follow stocks during the day, and they have live interviews with executives. I defended Kevin Plank last week. Trump, or not Trump, Bert, Cousin Burke took the other side. And now um, Kevin Plank is backing down. He's apologizing and he's reiterating that there's a difference between what he said and the values of the company. He said, in a business television interview last week, I answered a question with a choice of words that did not accurately reflect my intent. I want to clarify to our hometown exactly the values for which Under Armour and I stand. Um, He talks about how the company stands for equal rights, praises immigration as a source of strength, diversity, and innovation, and comes out against Trump's executive order on immigration and refugees. I personally believe that immigration is the foundation of our country's exceptionalism. Cousinberg, we already know where both of us stand. I think this is political correctness run amok. Why is he talking about a travel ban? When he was talking about business, why can't we separate the issues? He's being forced to talk about the travel ban and take sides on things that were nothing he talked about. He was talking about tax cuts. He was talking about opportunity for his business to make more profit. He wasn't talking about social issues last week, and now he's being bullied into talking about social issues, which I really don't care about whether he's bullied or not on. I just wish people could see the difference. I... I hey, I like it. I I think I think Steph Curry got pissed. I think that that's Steph the did get pissed. Yeah, I think uh, he got pissed. It does show the, it. it shows the power Steph of the players. Steph Camp was on the phone. Yeah, Steph Steph's Camp got on the phone with ESP or with Under Armour. Under Armour's Camp was on the phone too. Steph said, "I'm gonna leave if you act like this." And then they said, "All right, we'll clean this up. We'll get you." And so I think that one that shows the effect that Steph has, and I think the under other Under Armour athletes, but. I mean, I, maybe he's not even doing that, but I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people might have misheard what he said and didn't get the whole story of it, and did think he was talking about the travel ban and did think he was talking about social issues when he was only talking about business. 
And so he simply was coming out and clarifying, hey, I was just talking about business. I wasn't talking about social issues. So I think it was, I think it's a lot simpler than it's getting it be out to be made. I think. Cousin uh, Berg, you can't have it both thing. ways. Simple or not simple. Was Steph Curry going to leave? Or was it just, oh, I, we just had a misunderstanding. No big deal. Now, he's, it's not a little thing. He's taking out an ad in the Baltimore Sun-Times. He's on the phone with his most important player he sponsors all day, apologizing when he talked about pro business, and he's getting beaten up by his athletes on social issues. I mean, it is cool. I do think it's cool that players have the power to influence the executives and say, hey, look, if you don't take a stand on these issues the way I see them, then I'm going to leave. That is cool to see the power of the players, and it's an interesting business development in the business world that the players have such influence over the parent company that's sponsoring them because they're the real brand, and they're, they're what makes Under Armour valuable. But I still think it's a joke. You can't separate the issues. Like, why didn't Steph I just think- say – why didn't Steph just call him and say, hey, I heard what you said about business. You better come out against the travel ban too if you're going to talk about politics. Like, why well, do we have to I conflate? Think- why do we have to conflate so much? It's just like, gosh, just be real. I think, yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. I just think, I think what he was trying to do was address a misunderstanding of what people were thinking he said, as what it was, as opposed to what he actually was saying. And that's why. That's why I'm just being honest. I didn't vote for Trump, but that's why you see that narrative of fake news. Like, isn't that just the media being deceitful to conflate the conflate the issue of the saying pro business, whether you disagree with tax cuts or not? It is not the same thing as the travel ban. Isn't that just dishonesty that so many people could read stories or hear things that lead them to believe that he was talking about a travel ban when he was talking about business? Doesn't that always happen, though, with every president? Of course, but we're talking about a CEO of Under Armour. I'm saying, I'm saying with every Games are played. Everyone's savage, Berg. I think that's the theme of today. Those businessmen are savage. The media is savage. The media on both sides conflate and take advantage of the other side. It's it's basically war. I agree. Is that your new favorite word, complete? Well, I'm kind of about it, honestly. Dang it, I have to edit that. We're not allowed to say that yeah. word. Oh, I said that word. It's okay. We're good. <laughs> no, I think we agree. I think I, I'm just frustrated with the conflation. It's just I'm tired of all these tactics. Like, I just want substance. I just want Steph to say, hey, if you're going to talk about business – then you're also going to talk about the travel ban. You can't just pick and choose where you want to talk to the public about. You have to stand for the things that really matter to me. I'm represented by your company. I'm your most valuable athlete. Talk about the travel ban. Stand up against it. I agree. I agree 100% with what you're saying there. Yeah. Okay. So, and again, I'm not trying to talk about politics, but I told Cousin Berg right before the show started, we had no time for show prep. Two of the six headlines were about politics. One of them, like or dislike Cousinberg, President Trump declines offer to fill out NCAA tournament brackets on ESPN. Love it. Don't <sighs> want to multiple trading my my sports. So you didn't like it when Obama did it, even though he's a big basketball oh, I like fan? It. Obama knows what he's talking about. Obama's all about basketball. He's always been in basketball, and he does it the right way. I'm I'm biased though. I'm so biased. I'm not trying to say this at all from a standpoint of I know I'm like not biased. I'm 100 percent biased. No, no, Berg. We're people. We're biased. We have opinions. That's what makes us interesting. We're not political correct cyborgs. 
Oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying I don't want to have to see Trump. So the less I get to see him, I'm happy about Good. that. So I'm glad you can say it. that on my show. Isn't that great? You can just say how you yeah. feel. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get a bunch of right wing, alt right Twitter bots to come call you names now. Is this fake news? <sighs> Such fake news. No. So, but the way ESPN wrote this article, the NCAA basketball tournament is steeped in tradition. But one tradition will not continue this year. President Donald Trump will not pick brackets for the 2017 men's and women's tournaments. The White House has notified ESPN that the president will pass on making the picks this year. One thing that's a little dis- little bit fake news in this, it's not a tradition when it started with Obama. Listen, listen, doubt, it, they say the presidential brackets became a tradition in recent years when former President Barack Obama, an avid basketball fan, agreed to fill them out for the men's and women's basketball tournaments and discuss his picks on SportsCenter. It's like you don't get to say it's a tradition when one president did it. Yeah, and I well, I think it's I just think that's sly dogs and savagery, it. sly dogs and savagery. Well, I think that's the other thing of uh, players going to the White House after they win the championship in their sports. I think it started with Obama. I I don't know. I it's not going to continue. I can I can assure you that by the end of Trump's tenure, it will not happen anymore. What I won't happen? I'm, athletes winning the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals won't go to the won't go to the White House. Well, a bunch already aren't going. Like, didn't Martellus Bennett say he's not going to go? Not going to go. Yeah, Excuse there's already me, I'm dying. I'm still sick. Have, there's already four or five players that have come out and said they're not going to go. But I think, I think no longer will teams even be a thing. I think that was an Obama thing. I think people wanted to be with Obama. They wanted to see him and hang out with him. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think people want to go do that with Trump. All right. The other headline that was on ESPN. There were two of them. One was that Trump's not going to pick a bracket. Boo-hoo. The other, Texas Governor Greg Abbott mocks NFL decision makers after league's warning on bathroom bill. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing as what happened in North Carolina. The NFL's threatening that they're not going to have another Super Bowl or championship game in Texas if Texas passes a bill that would require uh, people to use bathrooms that correspond to the sex on their birth certificate. Uh, do I have to comment on this? Cousin Berg, we don't have Twitter cyborgs coming at us. Why don't you just say what you think? <laughs> I just think it's dumb. I think both Aren't we sides tired? Are Aren't we worn out? I'm so sick of it. I think both sides are dumb. I think we both wore each other out with two weeks straight of politics stuff because we don't have time to sh- prep for a real show and have real interviews and guests on the show. <laughs> I, I think, think that's we, what I really happened. We better prep. We're just going to prep better next week. I'm still fine. I can keep talking. I just I want to. I could keep talking about basketball. I'm not politics. I get I get confused, and I just I don't know what's happening. I think I think we died with the uh, with the our we should have just ended with the Trump thing because that was like our perfect. We're worn out. It's over. All right. Well, Cousinberg, I think we're both worn out. We've talked enough politics both of these two weeks here that we haven't been able to show prep. Midterm sickness. Still a few coughs in this show. But I only made I think I only had like two, and you were pretty good. I think you had one. So we're both sick. We have midterms. We have all this stuff happening. Next week, we're going to be a politics-free show. We're going to show prep. We're going to have guests. Cousin Berg's going to be on for his normal segment. He doesn't have to feel like he has to carry me. Isn't? Are you excited, Cousin Berg? I think we're, we're already feeling better. Yeah, but I'm a little sad. I kind of like talking for a longer time. All right. Well, I don't, I don't want to wear, wear you down <laughs> with all this stuff, all this politics stuff. I know it's you just politics. want to talk about the NBA. Politics. I know. 
All right, well, we are out of time. This is the Sports Report. I'm your host, Matt Kreiser. We're broadcasting live on KCPR 91.3 FM. But you can always check us out on SoundCloud at the Sports Report with Matt Kreiser or on iTunes at the Sports Report with Matt Kreiser. We'll see you next week.